Time now for Buck Banter with your host, Alpine ISD Superintendent, Dr. Michelle Reinhardt. Good morning, Alpine, and good morning, Martin. How are you today? I am doing wonderful, Michelle. I'm glad you're here this day. Thank you. The same. And can you believe March 31st? Tomorrow's first day of April. The first quarter of the year has already gone by us. Completely unbelievable. And only two more months of school until summer break. It's just been, it'll be a rush to the finish. We've been saying that all spring. Um, beautiful weather again. We did survive a day of winter on Tuesday. Winter came back for all of one day. It was a touch and go there for a while. If we could just get rid of the winds. <laughs> yes, yes. True true West Texas spring there. Good morning, everyone. Happy to be back with you for our uh, bi-weekly episode of Buck Banter. Today, Martin uh, brought three topics for us to talk about. One is our amazing partnerships with Sol Ross State University, just sharing about a lot of the things that go on behind the scenes between these two anchor organizations here in town um, and the great things we have going on together. Then we're going to we're gonna talk politics, of course, because legislative session. So today we're going to talk about vouchers and why vouchers are bad for Texas in my opinion. So I'll share more about that. Um, and then wrap up with some different Buck Brilliant spotlights from across Alpine ISD, sharing some of the amazing things that are happening every day here in our public schools. So that's our agenda for today. Well, we'll get started with the relationship with Sol Ross State University. Man, this has been such a blessing over my last 10 months to get to work with amazing people at Sol Ross State University and being able to be a rural community that also has a four-year university institution in town. Such a blessing. So I wanted to start by saying both Sol Ross State University and Alpine ISD are anchor organizations here in Alpine, right? Employ a lot of people, serve a lot of people, a lot of children and a lot of um, young adults. And truly, how goes Sol Ross State University? That's how Alpine goes. How goes Alpine ISD? That's how Alpine goes. The success of our community is so intricately tied to the success of these two organizations. And so that's why I'm so glad that we have incredible leaders throughout both organizations that are really focused on continuous improvement, building partnerships, and serving Alpine well. So I wanted to share with everyone some of the amazing things that we've been up to with our partners at Sol Ross State University. So um, Dr. Carlos Hernandez, the Sol Ross State University president and his team have just been awesome partners with us. I'm just going to share three short examples. Really, there's like 10 or 15, but nobody has time for all that, Martin. So we'll just do a couple couple highlights. First one's happening right now. I don't know if this is on your radar, Martin, but Sol Ross is hosting um, the Sol Ross State University's Women's Conference this morning. We've, had, we've had a couple of guests on this show, the uh, guest speaker and the uh, luncheon speaker both. Amazing. What an awesome opportunity to be able to share that learning with the larger community. And so today, um, Alpine High School, we're proud to be sending up our juniors and our seniors to attend the conference to get to, they're hearing the uh, keynote speaker right now, then there'll be panels later this morning as well. There are sessions on career traje trajectories, leading change, the glass ceiling that many women experience in leadership and more. So excited for, for that partnership and that opportunity. I'll be speaking at 1015 on a panel about women in male-dominated fields. Well, and you ought to know. <laughs> well, and ed education is an interesting example of that because typically we think of education truly as a, as a female-dominated field. And there's some really interesting data behind this that shows that classroom teaching um, is made up 76% of classroom teachers are women. But then when you get into the superintendency and that kind of executive level leadership of a district, only 24% of superintendents are women. And so it's a really interesting field where many um, of the frontline workers, if 
you will, are women, but many of the leadership roles still disproportionately are not. And so we'll talk a little bit about that on my panel letter, later today. And what I'm excited about, about our young ladies attending this conference, is really to gain additional skills and confidence and vision for them to see themselves in their next level of leadership, whatever that may be at this stage in their life. So excited for that conference um, happening right now. No, congratulations to Saul Ross for putting this on. Yes, absolutely. Um, also want to talk about athletic partnerships. So Saul Ross and um, Alpine ISD have this awesome relationship, which is really unique. I don't think there's many school districts that are set up this way where we share a lot of athletic facilities and uh, and do a lot of good work to make that happen. So one example of that, beautiful Coconut Field, right? Historic uh, ballpark, just an amazing blessing and jewel for our community in many ways. So both Alpine ISD and Saul Ross uh, baseball teams play there. Alpine ISD owns the facility and Saul Ross does maintenance and upkeep and all of that. So that's a great partnership. Um, softball. So we Alpine ISD does not have our own softball field. We're blessed to be able to partner and use Saul Ross's field um, on the south side. Tennis courts. I didn't know this one, but we ha- uh, host our tennis meets and do a lot of our practices and games over at Saul Ross's tennis courts as well. And um, so just all those different partnerships um, represent a great collaboration between our athletic departments departments to really think about how do we leverage and utilize the resources we do already have in the community for both of those for both of our organizations. Well, it's great we don't have redundancy there with when we don't really need to. It's better well, to have a partnership. And the partnership has been working great. And also, I love some of the things our coaches have done on both Saul Ross's side and Alpine ISD's about having the teams come out and support each other. So we've had Saul Ross State University basketball teams come to our basketball games, uh, volleyball, vice versa, etc. Um, some of the student athletes from Saul Ross have volunteered in the school district. It's just such a great way to connect these two um, anchor organizations in our community. No, that's fantastic. And then this one is an announcement. We had shared this one yet, but we just found out that we received a new grant. And I know y'all are like, wait, every month there's a new one. Y'all, this is what you have to do when you're an underfunded school district, right? Like the other option is the state could just fund schools. we much rather hear right, right now that you're getting the grants right. instead of being turned down on a right, grant. Right, right. Getting the grants is great, but why we go after so many is because we're an underfunded school district, but we've talked about that before. So let me share about this one. This grant called the Principal Residency Grant is a partnership between Alpine ISD and Saul Ross State University, and it really is a testament to the leadership of the late Dr. Rebecca Schlosser, who was an incredible education professor at Saul Ross, and she passed away in the fall, and many many, many teachers and leaders across West Texas school districts were positively impacted by Dr. Schlosser. One of Dr. Schlosser's last um, professional acts was to help us with this grant application in the fall. Um, She was battling cancer and then passed away. And before her passing, she helped um, submit this application. And we just found out this week that we were awarded that. And so I wanted to just, again, thank her and and for all the impact she's had over the years here in the Big Bend. And this grant is a way of continuing that impact and influence. So what does it do? So what it will do is it'll fund a pathway for local Alpine ISD ISD teachers to train towards administrative positions. And so it will pay for 
teachers to uh, for two teachers in the district to engage on a one-year internship in the district so they'll leave the classroom for a year and be helping out in an administrative capacity kind of learning the ropes of what it sort means sort of an apprentice absolutely absolutely but paid apprenticeship which is critical right to be able to afford to do that and then it also will pay for all of their coursework at Sol Ross and for all of their certification costs to become a certified administrator and that's and that about be, that could be considerable absolutely that could be like ten thousand yeah. dollars um and so what a blessing this will be and, and why we were interested in this as a district is it really aligned with one of our goals about how do we grow a local pipeline of Alpine Buck campus leaders, right? People who have either graduated from Alpine ISD and now come back and are, are teachers or people who have taught here for years and would love to be campus leaders but don't yet see themselves in it or aren't sure how they would make that work financially or time-wise. And so this is such a great program to give them the experience but also the funding to be able to do that. And so we're so excited for that partnership uh, with Sol Ross and what that'll do to help take us to the next level. Do we know when that will begin? It'll actually begin this summer. So we'll have, uh, over the coming weeks, we'll be sharing that um, the application and that opportunity out with our staff, and then they'll have the opportunity to apply. We'll select two people for the program, and that will go in place right away, and next year will be their internship. So it's a quick turnaround, but a really exciting opportunity. Well, that is amazing. Yes. I'm glad to hear about that. Yes. So again, just a couple of the great things going on between these two um, anchor organizations here in town. We so appreciate our partners at Sol Ross State University. We say that Alpine bleeds purple and gold and red. All right. Well, now it's time to uh, talk vouchers. All right. Let's get into a little bit of politics. Why not? We got warmed up there, and now now we're going to get into some real meat and potatoes. So um, first thing I wanted to share as we start talking about vouchers, vouchers are getting a lot of press this uh, legislative session, but this is nothing new. So there has been legislation introduced in every legislative session since 1995 to uh, create taxpayer-funded, so this is publicly funded, private school vouchers, which is money for private schools. And every legislative session, that has failed. Every legislation is not a new idea. It's not a good idea. It hasn't been good in the past. It's not good now. But what we're seeing this legislation, legislative session, it's a tricky one for me this morning, Martin, is that uh, vouchers have been kind of rebranded, if you will, remarketed through this lens of either educational savings account or, quote unquote, school choice. And so I want to take some time this morning to kind of unpack this and understand what, what does all of this mean when you're hearing these things, ESAs or uh, school choice, air quotes, or vouchers, what are we actually talking about? So... Uh, First, a quick overview. What a voucher is, is it takes taxpayer money, right, collected through property taxes, um, state income taxes. It is public funds and then gifts them to families or to private schools for private education. And what we have to, what we're going to dig into we're today, actually competing against ourselves with the public education, the same dollars. Right, we're actually pulling money from public schools in order to fund private schools. And what we'll get into is, you know, on face value, you're like, well, isn't a school a school? Right? Isn't a school a school? Shouldn't we just fund that? But you'll see that there are very different systems set up for public and private schools. And so, and there are implications if we pull public funds and and gift them without accountability to these other entities. So we're going to get into that here in just a minute. One thing I'll start with is that we've talked before, Martin, about how um, I really felt like this was going to go through in the Senate, that the Senate um, has been kind of um, 
I don't have the words right now, but like a, a courtesy vote for whatever Lieutenant uh, Governor Dan Patrick's priorities have been. Um, but interestingly enough, when this voucher bill came to the Senate yesterday, they do not yet have the votes to get it passed, which is good Great. news, in my opinion, for Texas. So there's going to be immense pressure from state leadership to try to get this across the line. And I think it's really important that our community knows the implications of this kind of bill and um, and how we need to stand against it. So let's get into that. I want to share with us three Three reasons of many, many more why I believe vouchers are not good for Texas, not good for our kids, and go against our Texas values. So here's the first one. This will not surprise any of our regular listeners, and that is public schools need every dollar. So we have talked over the last few months about how Alpine ISD is one of the most underfunded districts in the state. Uh, We are the 15th lowest funded school district per student need in the entire state out of more than 1,000 school districts, Martin. That's amazing. Un- yeah, unbelievable, unbelievably amazing in a bad yeah. way, right? Yeah, exactly. Not, not, a, not a result we want and not uh, what we want to have be true. And so, you know, why does this happen? I won't get into the specifics. We've talked about this in depth on previous shows so people can go back and listen to those recordings. You know, the, the factors are CAD and comptroller disputes where our local CAD is failing the property value study. Also, um, the funding formula from the state. Actually, just did an interview yesterday with the Odessa American. They wanted to reach out and do an article specifically on Alpine ISD. And what is it that makes Alpine ISD one of the most underfunded districts in the state? So watch for that. You'll see more uh, news coming out about Looking that. Looking forward to it. Yes. So what I wanted to share here is that you'll hear from the governor and you'll hear from the lieutenant governor about um, some some different averages like, oh, well, Texas has increased its funding on public education. Um, and what I want to push you to think about is there are big differences between what's true on average and what's true in actuality here in Alpine, Texas. And so while the state may have increased funding for public education, they have decreased funding here in Alpine. We are receiving 7% less funding than we were four years ago's funding formula, even for our current number of kids, right? Yeah. While other districts are receiving more. Um, also, the state will talk about average teacher salary, $60,000 for a teacher. That's not even a number on our pay scale in Alpine, right? right? So that is so far from our reality. And so again, I push you as you're, as you're, you know, consuming this information from different people, think about, but what does that look like here? And how do we tell our story? Because it's a very different reality here. And so we see a lot of inequities in the state funding formula. And frankly, those must be addressed. So before we have any conversations about setting up a second tier of funding for private schools, we have got to fully fund our public school system. Let's take care of what we got now before we worry about something else. Right. And one of the reasons we have to do that is it's actually in the Texas Constitution. So Article 7 of the Texas Constitution, going back to 1876, says this, and I quote, says, a general diffusion of knowledge being essential to the preservation of the liberties and rights of the people, it shall be the duty of the legislature of the state to establish and make suitable provision money, y'all, money, for the support and maintenance of an efficient system of public free schools. And so what we're here to say is that's not currently happening. We know that statewide, Texas is in the bottom 10% of states in the United States for um, public education funding. 
Texas doesn't need to be in the bottom 10% for anything. Texas has a lot of money. <laughs> we have a lot of money. And what, what that kind of goes into my next point here is that um, our, our public schools are underfunded and a significant part of the state's current sur- surplus has actually been generated by their disinvestment in public schools. So instead of the state funding public schools, they're requiring local property, ta- uh, property owners to fund public schools. And then, wow, look at this surplus we have at the state and not sending that back to schools. And so I believe firmly that siphoning money from public schools to fund private schools is malpractice, especially in an era when we know we have underfunded public schools. So that's reason number one. Reason number two, vouchers allow public funds to be spent without any accountability. So go with me on a thought experiment here, Martin. Imagine if Alpine ISD leaders started just gifting $8,000 checks to families, right? Like we just started writing checks and handing them out. Like what would happen? Like we would be fired so fast we would be in jail, right? And rightfully so, because we are we ha- we are stewards. We have the responsibility of stewarding, effectively managing public funds, and that is essentially what is happening with the voucher, where the state is is creating an entitlement program, mostly that goes to wealthy families for eight thousand dollars per student with no accountability whatsoever. And so, I just want us to think about how would that feel. If our public school did that, we would be like, oh, not okay. Yeah, especially since we're taking the ta- our tax dollars that should be spent on the, our public school. And that's where the money's coming from, right? right. This isn't right. some just imaginary or like some bank account disconnected from anything else. We are all collectively putting these dollars in. So a couple of things about like what this looks like as we get into this, the, the importance of accountability. And I am all about accountability at all levels. I tell my staff, we are going to be a district of high expectations, high accountability, and also high support, right? We can do all of those things at once. Texas public schools are held to rigorous accountability standards. Um, if you ever need to, to get to sleep fast, just pull up one of the hundreds of accountability manuals about state accountability, about um, uh, academic assessments, about how we deal with discipline, about finances. Like any given topic has an accountability manual of rigorous standards that public schools are held to. Private schools are not held to any of those same standards. Um, lawmakers, I believe lawmakers should not allow public taxpayer funds to be spent at private or religious schools that do not have to meet the same standards as public schools. If we say those standards are there for a reason, we've put that accountability for public schools in place for a reason, then that should apply. Then that should apply. That should be the condition of receiving pun- public funding. Those students should get an equal opportunity, as, same as we have. Right, right, right. Another thing that you'll find is um, a disproportionate amount of the work that uh, my administrative team and I do at the district level is focused on state compliance, transparency, and accountability. And I believe in all of that, right? Those are core values when we're talking about public funds. But none of those are required of public school, of private schools, I'm sorry. So, so what do we really believe? If we say it's okay, like they don't need to have all of that oversight, then why do we? Let's scale back the accountability and the compliance requirements in public schools if we're going to gift this funding, public funding, without those requirements to other places. So I just believe that either we believe in transparency and accountability or we don't. Let's be consistent. 
Um, also, it might surprise people to know these are just some facts. If you're um, not as familiar with how private schools run, private schools do not have to report any kind of student data publicly or to the state. They do not have to accept all children. They can turn away any child that they'd like for any reason, and they do not have to meet the same standards for um, for hiring, for personnel, for business management, etc. I'll give one quick example of this from a, um, a, a school in a different community. They have in their um, uh, handbook that if you ever speak negatively about their school in public, whether that's on social media or you're overheard speaking negatively about that school, your child will be dismissed from the school and their funds, the funds that you paid, right, their tuition funds will be kept for the entire year. We would never stand for that from our public schools. And yet this, these are some of the rules that are in place in some of these private organizations that public taxpayer funds would be going into. Yeah. Speechless. <laughs> That's understood. Understood. Third thing, uh, as we're in this topic, and I know we're wading in deep here, y'all. Appreciate y'all hanging with us. But again, such something that's just so important for us to understand, especially in this legislative session. Third reason why I believe that vouchers are are not good for Texas, and that is that private schools may discriminate against students, and public schools must educate every child. Y'all, that is a big statement. So let me back it up and share with you what I mean by that. And here's what I mean. Private schools are actually the ones that have are the people or the ent- entities that have choice with vouchers. So vouchers may help us think, oh, I have I, I can now access other schools that I couldn't afford before. Right. I have the choice as a parent. But truly, private schools get to choose who they want to enroll. They get to pick which students come in. And we know based on historic patterns that students with academic failures, students with disabilities, students who have had difficulties um, due to behavioral issues or past traumas are typically under enrolled in private schools. And so what ends up happening, and this is true currently, this is true in states that have done a voucher program, private schools remain um, disproportionately underrepresentative of the community. What do I mean by that? I mean, if you look at the racial and ethnic makeup of the student body in a private school, it doesn't match the community. The socioeconomics of a private school does not match the community. The number of students with special needs does not match the community. And so these are reasons, again, why setting up this second tiered system and funding it with with public tax dollars, I think is a terrible idea and doesn't align with our Texas values. No, and I don't think anyone's against private schools, but the name itself, private, should mean that they should find their own funding. And public school is where the government should be paying the money. Right. And it's just this um, kind of intersection. And I'm with you. I want all of our schools, every school in the United States, I want it to be successful. I want every student to have a great education, whether it's in public school, private school, home school, et cetera. We all win when everyone is educated well in all of those places. What we're talking about here is how do you fund that? And what's the responsibility for using taxpayer funds to provide education and to also provide oversight and transparency about how those funds are used? And it's not like the public school system is overfunded by any means. Not so. <laughs> by any means. So I'm with you there. I think this is not the conversation to be having at a time when we have um, an un, like a, a clearly understood underfunded public school system, both uh, statewide but also here in Alpine as well. And which is causing problems like shortage of teachers and 
Absolutely, absolutely. So, what can you do if this is an, an um, uh, sorry, if this is a topic that you would like to get involved in? I urge you to please reach out to your to our senators and representatives, both those who represent us, but also those in other parts of the state as well, to share your support of our public school districts and your concerns about voucher programs. So, thanks for hanging with us on that really important topic that I just wanted to share, really from the heart, about why this is such such an important topic for us to be aware of right now. Well, I know you'll keep us posted on what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So let's pivot back to, we're going to end with some buck brilliance to spotlight and end with some celebrations today. So just some different staff members. I wanted to share some things going on and uh, some celebrations, but also some ways that you can support some of our people. So first I wanted to give a big shout out to Miss Caroline Fox. She is our director of special programs and director of curriculum unofficial title is director of all the things at um, Alpine ISD. She does a ton of that compliance work we were just talking about and in so many ways helps keep the district running. Um, She and I were invited to present last night at the Region 18 Texas Council of Women School Executives Conference. Um, Specifically, they wanted us to come present on strong district leadership and how um, a district admin team supports a new superintendent coming into town. And so it was amazing. She did a great job of showcasing some of the amazing things happening in Alpine ISD and sharing about why this is one of the best places to live, uh, work, serve, and lead. So great job, Caroline. So proud and uh, so honored to work with you every day on behalf of our community. Um, pivoting a little bit, I wanted to share, this is this is both a buck brilliance, but an area of need. So I'm so proud of our staff and our community for how they have rallied around one of our staff members, Miss Monica Dominguez. She is an, an amazing AMS teacher who is currently battling cancer. And tomorrow at Buck Stadium, there is a fundraiser that's being put on um, by some of our other staff members to help raise money for the family as they're having to travel and different costs that come with that kind of uh, that kind of battle. So if you will, tomorrow lunch, Saturday lunch, Buck Stadium, $10 brisket meal deal. You can catch some awesome um, high school track while you're there, but come on out and, um, and have a great brisket lunch with us. Maybe make a donation and just uh, show support for Monica, Jerry, and their family as they go through this time. I know all of Alpine is behind them uh, in the weeks to come. Also wanted to share two of our Alpine High School teachers, Corey Case and Renee Parson. You may have seen this one, Martin, were named as did, yes. Fund for Teachers Fellows. And they received a $10,000 grant, what a blessing, to fund a professional learning experience that they created. So they thought, what if we had $10,000 to go and do anything that would improve our teaching, what would we do? And they created this amazing uh, uh, project called Spies Like Us. They are going to Europe this summer, which is so fun. And they are going to follow in the footsteps of three um, of three women spies from World War Two and, and follow like where they lived, where they uh, where they worked, kind of follow in their history. It's just going to be so awesome. Um, you're probably wondering, just like I was, do they need additional chaperones for this trip? And the answer is no, that it's just the two of them. But they're going to have so much fun and they're going to bring their learning back to Alpine by creating a podcast, which I'm excited to listen to, sharing uh, their learnings from throughout Europe and then teaching materials that they'll bring back and share in Alpine High School as well. I just love this showcase as an example of the ways our teachers, you know, take ownership, go after things, create amazing opportunities that typically wouldn't be available to someone in a rural West Texas um, community. 
now. Sounds like it's going to be a great experience. It will. It will. Last one I've got in terms of Buck Brilliance. Um, if you would love to join the Alpine ISD team, I mean, we are a great place to work. We have some exciting op- um, career opportunities that are coming available. We have a few positions coming up in our business office. And so if you're into finance numbers, uh, you want to learn kind of the ins and outs, we will train you. You'll be joining a great team. Um, we also will have some teaching positions open up and we'll be sharing about those over the coming weeks as well. Alpine ISD is a great place to work, learn, and serve. We work really, really hard, but we have a ton of fun doing it. And so if you want to join our team, I'd encourage you to check out alpine.esc18.net slash employment on our website and find out more about those positions. All right. All right. As we wrap up, I just wanted to summarize what we talked about today um, by sharing an example from this week of of community support. So uh, First Baptist Church in Alpine treated our staff with morning muffins on Wednesday of this week, which was such a blessing. And it got me thinking about, you know, the difference between kind of the local and the state dialogue. So state dialogue is a lot of kind of anti-public ed right now. And I was just thinking, you know what, what an amazing community we live in, right? Our community loves our public schools and loves the amazing things that happen in them every day. And I'm just so grateful, grateful for that and grateful for all of Alpine being part of the best working together in support of our kids. So that's what we have for today. Thank you for joining us, Martin. I think we'll be back on April 14th. That is the right. That is correct. All right. And go Bucks. All right. You have been listening to Buck Banter. Buck Banter is brought to you by the Alpine ISD.